0: Well, I want to welcome everybody to Crossroads. Good seeing everybody in the auditorium here in the atrium and joining us online from all over. And as Ryan said, I'm going to talk about prayer. And let me begin by asking you, do you think of America as a praying nation? Uh, Turn to the person next to you. Tell them yes or no. America's a praying nation. Uh, If you said yes, you agree with the pollsters. Pollsters say 60% of Americans say they pray every single day. 78% say they pray once a week. Only 1% of Americans say they never pray ever. And in fact, of the 13% who say they have no belief in a God whatsoever, one in five say they pray every day. Now, you would go, who would you address the prayer to? To whom it may concern? Uh, But prayer's a gigantic subject, as you know, uh, with many facets to it. I actually read about a nightclub that moved to a small town, a wild nightclub, wild bar. in the only church in town, they organized an all-night prayer meeting, and they prayed that God would burn down the nightclub. Within minutes, lightning struck the nightclub and burned it down. And the nightclub owner sued the church. And the church denied all responsibility. And then at the trial, the judge said this. He said, I don't know where guilt lies, but it seems a nightclub owner believes in prayer and the church doesn't. (laughs) But this is a big subject. And I'm going to talk about some specific prayers today. Specific ones. And these prayers, they're not for wimps. They're not for the faint of heart. The prayers I'm talking about, these are not... Mealtime, bedtime, business as usual prayers. I'm going to lay out for you four high-risk prayers, four dangerous prayers. These prayers, they should have warning signs all over them. They'll wreak havoc in your life if you pray them. Now, once you're beyond the havoc, you'll be glad you prayed them. But these prayers, they will upset the apple cart. They'll throw a wrench in your meticulously planned out future. They'll take you down unexpected roads. Now, once you go down the road and you look in the rearview mirror, you, you'll go, "I'm glad I went down that road." But initially, it was very unsettling. So you can write these down if you would like, but here's the first of the four high-risk prayers I'm going to talk about. And it's two words. It's David's courageous prayer. It's Psalm 139. The words are, search me, search me. And I'll give you the fuller version of it. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 23. Here's the full version. Search me, O God, David says, and know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts, and see if there is any offensive way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. Those are are pretty famous words, actually. Some of you have heard of them, but maybe you never heard them in their full context. Let me tell you what's going on in Psalm 139. David is praying, and he's giving thanks to God because he's praying about how wonderful and how good God is, and he's giving thanks to God. And then in the middle of the prayer, he he starts picturing some people in his mind, And he's picturing people that are antagonistic towards God, people that curse God, people whose lives fly in the face of everything God stands for. Maybe you know the type. And David is thinking about all of this as he's giving thanks to God. And in fact, this is what he says. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 21. He said, I hate those who hate you, Lord. And if that weren't strong enough, he goes on. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them as my enemies. God, I hate those who hate you. I got hatred with an attitude. And David is saying all this. And this is essential that we get get this. He's going, I don't get it. I don't get it. How could any living, breathing human being reject or ignore a God as wonderful as you are? He's going, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why wouldn't everybody? submit their life to you, God, as wonderful as you are. And in that moment, it's like lightning strikes. Lightning strikes as he's thinking this, and it occurs to him, and he goes, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here I am judging all these people for their relationship with God, and I really have no idea what their relationship with God is really all about. Here I am judging all these people. And maybe, just maybe there's a little pocket of rebellion and resistance inside of me. Maybe there's some dark closet inside of me that's not fully surrendered to God. And so with extraordinary courage, he prays, search me, God. Search me, God. Test me. Test me. Expose what little secret uh, exists inside of me that's not fully surrendered to you. God, bring it into the light so that by your power and your grace, it could be removed and put out of my life. And he's serious. I mean, what a prayer. I don't know. You ever been around people and you're thinking, man, these people are, you know, uh, antagonistic towards God or they're trivializing God or the Bible or the church and all of that? Did you ever find yourself getting a little upset, you know, inside? You're going, man, God, do deal with these people. Isn't it easier to ask God to deal with other people than to get alone in a quiet place and, and pray, God, deal with me. Deal with me. I mean, my shoes are the only spiritual shoes I'm responsible for standing in. Same for you. Same for you. I mean, have you ever prayed a search me prayer though? You ever prayed this? Would you be willing to pray a search me prayer today? Would you? Sometimes, I'll be honest, I don't pray the search me prayer because I know where the light would go on. I pray the search me prayer. I know where the Holy Spirit would turn the light on in my life. And then I got got some things, some issues I'm going to have to deal with. Sometimes that's why we don't pray the search me prayer. We don't pray. We know what God would expose, the spirit of God. Then we got to deal with something that we'd rather not. We got to deal with, you know, how we're treating our body or how we're handling our money. Or we'll, we'll have to deal with maybe our anger, our temper, or maybe a grudge we've been holding for years or some, res- you know, resentment that we've had towards somebody maybe an addiction, whatever. When you, when you pray a search me prayer, it's a, high, it's a dangerous thing. You know why? God will answer the prayer. That's why. God will answer it. God will put the light on something. It'll get exposed. And then at that moment, you got a big decision to make. You know, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Am I going to turn from it? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to get help? Am I going to go and get in therapy? Am I going to go to recovery? And with God's power and help, put it behind me and move on in my life? If you do, you do. Someday you look back over your shoulder, you go, I'm glad I prayed that prayer because God answered it. But you pray it at your own risk, the search me prayer. Let me give you a second high-risk prayer. Here's the second one. Two words also. Stretch me. Stretch me. That's the second one. You know, in the first century, uh, the church as it was being built, it, they went through a lot of persecution from Romans and, and from others. And sometimes people were, in the first church as it was being built and they faced that persecution, sometimes people were, uh, they were dragged off in the night. They were beaten. They were actually killed for their faith in Jesus. And in Acts 4, Acts 4, we read about core believers, the early church. They got together one time and they decided they needed to pray. What do you think they prayed in the face of persecution? They prayed a stretch me prayer. They did. It's Acts four twenty nine. Look at what they prayed in face of the persecution. Now, Lord... Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Lord, when the soldiers come and knock on the door, when they drag us off in the middle of the night, we don't want to meet their violence with more violence, but we want to take a stand. We want to be bold. We we want to stay strong all the way to the end if that's the way it goes. But God, stretch our courage. Stretch our faith. I mean, what a prayer. I thought if I was in that situation, man, I'd be praying. I'd be praying, God, send guns. Send bombs. Improve my aim. Get me out of this mess. But here's these believers in a room and they pray the stretch us prayer. Stretch us to meet the opposition and to stay strong. There was a religious teacher by the name of Nicodemus one time. He came to Jesus. He comes to Jesus. He's trying to sort out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Look at what Jesus says to him, John 3, 3. Jesus says, I tell you, Nicodemus, the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus upset his apple cart by explaining... Every human being, Jesus said, needs to be born from above. They need to have that spiritual life that God put inside of them, reignited to really experience the kingdom of God in this life. And I think Nicodemus at that moment, he prayed a stretch me prayer. I think he did. I think he prayed, God, I don't want to shut down to this idea. I don't want to close off this new idea. Stretch my spiritual understanding. Help me wrap my arms around what this means, what being born from above is really all about and help me act on it. Have you ever prayed a stretch me prayer? I mean, they come in all shapes, all sizes. Oh, you ever been in a long line somewhere? You're frustrated, the line's moving slow. Don't you love being in a long line? I hate that. I hate being in a long line. I don't like being in line at the post office, the bank. I don't like going for gas. All the pumps are full. I got to wait. I don't, I don't like being in a long line uh, at a drive through at Starbucks. I hate that. You know, but you know, when we're in that long line, instead of saying, come on, God, make this thing go faster, we can pray a stretch me prayer. God, stretch my patience right here. Increase my self-control. Diminish my homicidal tendencies. (laughs) Instead of asking God, hurry the whole thing up. Ask God to stretch your patience. Or have have you ever been going about your day? You know, you think you're really busy. You got things to do. And there you see an old friend and you can tell they're struggling. You know, and they just like to talk for a few minutes. You know, but you're going fast. You're, you got people to see, places to go. You're moving too fast. You know, you're tempted to, oh no, they're gonna slow me down. You're tempted to take the Dr. Phil approach. You know, come on, you kidding me? Get with the program. You could stop. You could pray a stretch me prayer. God, stretch my compassion, stretch my empathy, stretch my kindness. Stretch my love. That's what being a follower of Jesus is about. Stretch my faith to believe. I could take a moment. I could listen to a fellow struggler in this life. God, you'll see that I get my work done. If I do that, you'll see to that. I read about a, I read about a guy. He, he was reminiscing with old friends about uh, regrets they had in life. And the first thing this guy says, he goes, it was back when I was in high school. He said, a girl asked me to a dance. It was a dance where the girls asked the guy. But this girl that asked me, she was like on the outer fringe of the cool group of the high school. And and she asked me, she was talented. She was bright, smart, artistic. But for one reason or another, she's on the outer fringe of the in group at the high school. I said no, as gently, as firmly as I could. Um, Truth be told, I, I thought if I said yes to her, people would think I'm not in the in group at the high school. He said, I could have gone to the dance. I would have had a great night. I should have ignored the whole stupid system that says, who's in and who's out. You know, if I had high school to do over again, I'd have gone to the dance. But I mean, there's always people around us who feel left out. There's people around us that feel left out. There's people around us that are struggling, like we feel sometimes. I mean, there's all kinds. Somebody at school or work. Nobody pays attention to really. Nobody really talks to them much. Maybe it's a a person in your neighborhood, an older person or a couple. Nobody visits. Nobody's over there. Or maybe there's a wall between you and a person of another race, uh, ethnicity, the language they speak, sexual orientation. You don't mean for there to be a barrier, but you haven't done anything to knock it down. You could pray a stretch me prayer and you could build a friendship with somebody different than you. Something we could all do. You could say yes to the dance. It search me prayers. They can be, uh, they're powerful, but they can be risky. They can be dangerous and costly. When those core believers, that early church, when they prayed the stretch our boldness prayer, the persecution continued. They were dragged off in the middle of the night. God answered their prayer though. And many of those early Christians, they stayed faithful and courageous all the way to the end when they were brought into the Colosseum in Rome and were fed to lions and burned, burned alive. Many of them sang hymns as they burned to death. God answered their prayer though. And they stayed courageous and faithful all the way to the end. And Nicodemus, remember him? He prayed to stretch my spiritual understanding prayer. Help me understand what it means to be born from above. And eventually he was. He did understand Stretch me prayers, to have a bigger heart, bigger heart, deeper faith, to take a bold stand, build a friendship with somebody that's different from us. Take a stand when everybody else caves in. I mean, that's the kind of people we want to be, right? We want to be those kinds of people. But first we got to pray the stretch me prayer and God will answer it. But we've got to pray it. We've got to pray it. Here's a third one. Third, it's also two words, two words. And this prayer gives no relief from danger whatsoever. This one is lead me, lead me. And this one taps a real chord inside of me. This one does, a deep chord inside of me because I sort of feel like my whole life has been led in big ways and small ways by God. I mean, there's a song We sing around here a lot. It's really my favorite. You have called me higher. You have called me deeper and I'll go where you will lead me, Lord. I think we sang it last week. I sat in the front row. And when we sang that song, I thought I sing this song louder than any song we sing. You have called me higher. You have called me deeper and I'll go where you will lead me, Lord. I mean, I have a deep understanding about what that song's really about. I do. You know, I was getting a haircut a while ago. Getting a haircut, it's like 8.30 in the morning, and there's just me, the guy cutting my hair, and maybe four other people in the place, and the guy cutting my hair says loud enough for everybody to hear. He says, so John, how did you end up working in a church? And I thought oh man, I don't know if he's gonna get this or not, but here it goes. And I said, well, I became a Christ follower when I was like 27 years old. And I started leaning upon God for meaning and direction and purpose in my life. And one day I prayed this high risk prayer. I prayed, God lead my life, lead my life from here on out. And as mystical as it sounds, God has led my life in large ways and small ways. God's led me in large ways. God led me to leave teaching. God led me to start playing music in a church. God led me into youth work. God led me out of that youth work to start a a church in an elementary school. God has led me in large ways that has changed the whole trajectory of my life. And God has led me in small ways. Like I'm going through the course of my days sometimes, And I'll feel a prompting from God to encourage someone or call somebody up or or call somebody and fix something that I need to fix with them or to do a deed of servanthood. But I said, God has led me in big ways. God has led me in small ways. That I've needed to respond to. And I said, You know what? You know what? It's not like I've ever, I've never seen a bright light. I've never seen a vision. I never saw an angel show up in my bedroom, anything like that. But as sure as I'm sitting here, God has led my life. And and he looked at me and went, All righty then. (laughs) Didn't bother me. But it's curious how God leads people. Look at Exodus 15, 13. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you've redeemed. Psalm 27, 11. Teach me how to live, O oh Lord. Lead me along the right path. You pray sincerely to lead me prayer. God will answer it. God will. God will answer it. And when that daily Guidance comes, you'll be on the adventure of a lifetime. And I've said many times, uh, I've said many times here, your life's important. We heard earlier, this hour is important, as Ryan said. Your life is important. This is the only life you have. I don't know if anybody's thought about that. That's it, this is it. This is the ball game. This is it. No, the past is gone. All we have is from here to the end to be on the adventure God has for us. But God tends not to wrestle the controls away from anybody who wants to just lead their own life and go down their own path. In fact, do you want to go down your own path? God will likely say, go for it. Go, Go down the path you think is best, but hang on to the steering wheel. I think I got a better one. I think I got a better path for your life. I think I do. And I'll have a, a, you let me lead your life. I'll take you on the adventure of a lifetime. And I'll use you to make an impact on this world. To show my love uh, to all kinds of people. And it'll be deeply satisfying for your soul but God tends only to lead lives where he's invited to. That's why I would urge you, get in, go to a quiet place. If it helps you get on your knees, if not, just talk to God and say, God, lead my life. I only have from here to the end. Lead me. Search me, stretch me, lead me. Here's the last one. Two words also. This one should have... Neon warning lights all over it. Use me, use me. I know a few prayers that have a sweeping set of circumstances connected to it as a use me prayer. Look at this remarkable verse, Ephesians 2:10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Could it be any clearer? You and I, we were created. In the image of God, every single one of us, created in the image of God, created to make an impact, a difference in this world. When we do that, we fulfill our purpose. And you know what it's saying? It's saying every single one of us, created in the image of God, designed by God, we have the potential to leave a lasting impact upon this world that we live in today. You know, if we were to be used by the master craftsman put our lives into the hands of the master craftsman, God himself. And history proves this to be true. People who thought their little, God, used me in prayer, they thought was gonna be a little deal, turned out to be a big deal. Turned out to be a big deal. When an Englishman by the name of William Wilberforce said, God, use me, use me to end slavery in Great Britain, ended up being a big deal ended up being a big deal when a college kid by the name of Billy Graham said, God, use me. And God led him to rent a stadium and try to, try to fill it with people that didn't know God's love for them. And he told them about God's love for them. It ended up being a big deal when a woman by the name of Rosa Parks said yes to God's leading in her life. And she said, God, use me. And God said, stay in the front seat of that bus. And it turned out to be a big deal when a billionaire businessman by the name of Millard Fuller uh, was used by God and God said to him, sell your business, give your money away, start gathering together volunteers to build homes, habitats for people that don't have them. None of those people had any idea, any idea what their little, God use me prayer was gonna mean someday. And your quiet little... God use me? Just might start a series of dominoes in motion? You have no idea the impact it could make. No idea. I mean, we know the story of Mother Teresa. You know, I think most people know it. You know, that's her life. You know, born in Yugoslavia. She was 12 years old. She knew she wanted to become a nun. And at 18, she left home left home, moved to India, and she joined the Loretto sisters. And she became a teacher. And then for 20 years, she taught at St. Mary's High School in India, mainly an upper class high school where she taught upper class kids. At the end of 20 years of teaching, her colleagues said she was an average teacher. But in 1946, she was on a train. And she, she felt God... Wanted her to do something new. And she said, prayed, God, use me for something new. And she got a vision, a dream. And she went to her superiors and she said to them, she said, I got three pennies and a dream from God to start an orphanage. And her superiors, they looked at each other and they looked at Mother Teresa. They said, Mother Teresa, you cannot... With three pennies, build an orphanage. In fact, with three pennies, you can't do nothing. And she looked at her superior. She smiled. She said, yes, but with three pennies and a dream from God, I can do anything. And since that time, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all over the world have been rescued from the streets through Mother Teresa and our ministry that has built facilities for lepers and abuse victims and AIDS victims all over the world. When God wants to accomplish something important in this life, when God wants to make a difference, God doesn't send down a throng of angels. God doesn't raise an army to march. When God wants to accomplish something great in this world, God plants a dream in a woman or a man and waits. Is God waiting on you today? God's already said, every single one of us, we have the capability to do great things. We got the potential to make a lasting impact upon this world, which is why I think the most powerful prayer a person could pray is use me. Use my one and only life, God. Show me my part in the transformation of this world that you want me to play. And God's looking for young people and old people, women and men who will commit their lives to Him, who can't be bought, whose character is above money and who will look beyond the self-centered trends of our day. Who will say, God, use me. I'm ready. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. But God, again, tends to only use lives when he's invited to, which is why I urge you. I'm, I'm one step away from begging you this week sometime. Get quiet, maybe t- today. Get quiet before God. Get alone. And pray these Say, God, use me. I only have from here to the end. Use my life. So let's bow our heads together. And let me help you pray these prayers, all of us together, our prayer. God, I pray for all of us here. And I ask you to first to search us and show us where we need to change. Show us where we need to grow, all of us. Show those pockets of rebellion inside of us, inside of me that are not surrendered to you. And then God, give us all the courage and the power to change, to fully surrender to you. And God, stretch us, uh, increase our faith and our boldness, give us courage to take a stand when so many people just cave in and close their minds to what's going on in the world. God, stretch us, stretch our patience, our love, our kindness, and God, lead us and remind us that there is a path that's right for our life. And use us, God. Use us for the purpose that you designed and you built us for. Help us to dream big. God, show us the impact that we could all play in this world to show your love and God keep us working keep working powerfully in our lives and in our church in Jesus name Amen